Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. We have a fun part four show for you guys today. It's the guide to getting everything you want in life. We don't, uh, we don't, we're not afraid of the big bold titles. <laughs> we're not afraid of overpromising when it comes to our salacious headlines for our podcast. Just to get you guys to really drill down and focus. We've only got you for a third for thirty minutes a day, after all. So today's show is the ultimate guide to getting everything you want in life. So Julie, can we live up to the expectation? I don't know. We'll have to find out. But it's up to them to take action on these points, as always. So I think, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're ready to jump right in, you always have some good stuff before our points. But uh, I think we left off on point number six. If they missed the first two podcasts of this series, they just Actually, go this to realestatecoachingradio.com. Is this number four? Yes, yeah, this is number four. Because you've allowed me to go too long on my rants. Exactly. You know, I will talk – there are a couple, and I know it's like you've come to count on it, my ability to rant for 10 minutes. But really, I think I'm kind of rant-free. I had a nice, relaxing weekend, wow. you know, so did you, hopefully. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. Like the so wild my caffeine, Australian my, my caffeine, we've got. Exactly. My caffeine sleep balance has all worked out. Um, you know, it's, I think overall, I'll tell you something I'm really excited about. I'm seeing the pre-orders increase is the uh, our new book, which is coming out. Yeah. Um, the beginning of next month. That's going to be pretty spectacular, I think. Exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. If it's even, if it breaks the records that the uh, previous book did for first like you know week sales, I'll be thrilled beyond belief. But I actually think it's going to do that by a substantial margin, based on the reports that we're getting. Um, some of you guys are asking if we're going to do an audiobook version. We will, but it's going to be sometime in the future. Um, the publisher we're working with this time wants to put the audio book off for a while. And truthfully, the printed book is going to be the better version for you guys to get because of the fact that it will act as a reference manual and you could sit it on your desk. Uh, when we were constructing this new book, when we went through the whole process, we used the old book as the framework. And then essentially we went back filled with a lot of uh, more drilled down content. The idea was – is this book would stand the test of ages, test of time in regards to being a reference manual. So whether you're new in the business or whether you're, you know, just doesn't matter how seasoned or grizzled you might be in the business, this book is designed to be a reference manual to help you get your head screwed on straight. So if you're feeling, for example, that, well, I need direction, I'm a new agent, well, this definitely is going to be a no-brainer book for you. If you're someone who's on the other end of the rainbow and you're basically somebody who's got too many, you feel like you're confused, not knowing what to focus on, um, you know, you know you got off track somewhere, you just don't know how many tracks are off, you know, the book is also going to be great for you. I'll tell you something else, Julie. I'm really – I can't tell you how – I don't know what the word is. I, it's too soon to tell really how to sort of verbalize what I'm trying to feel with regards to my observations. But I've noticed that the industry, and this could just be, you know, you and I just speaking to the, you know, preaching to the choir and it's our own little echo chamber. But I really do feel that the industry, agents in particular, have finally accepted the fact that they've been sort of uh, been used as the, you know, 
the, te the test rats for a long time for a lot of these technology companies. There's a good way of thinking of it. And I think a lot of these agents are also realizing that for the most part, there is no real entity or there's no one ever out there that's really trying to do what's best for agents' interests. Agents have always just been sort of used as an opportunity to leverage for the sake of uh, furthering somebody else's agenda. And I'm going to give you an example. I was on a coaching call with a gal last week. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I mean, I don't remember where she sold, but she was very successful. She'd been in the business for four years. Oh, now I do remember. She was in Georgia. She'd been successful. Uh, she'd been. She has been in the real estate business for four years. And I'll even tell you what brokerage she's with. She was with Kelly Williams. She was really pleased with the start that she had there. But she said that she had been getting, since she started the full court press, to form a team. And the team pressures were becoming more and more aggressive. Um, and uh, she's, her own business was, I think, if I remember correctly, she was selling like 130, 140. No, no, no. She was trying to get to 100 units this year. She was already at uh, over 40 closed for this year. Um, and uh, she had enough listings. We had our, based on our coaching call, she should be able to hit 100. But I asked her why that was important to her. Why is 100 units important to her? Um, and that's really where the that's really was the pivot in our coaching call, I think, because once she realized the answer to the question wasn't profit, then she really started to realize where she had gone wrong with her thinking, and really what the whole intent of the pressure from her broker and her franchise to form a team really what it was rooted in. So I asked her again, why is it that you want to get to 100 units? And she didn't have an answer. She just thought, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I mean, the essence of her question, or essence of her answer was that. That's what I'm supposed to do. It's the same reason you're supposed to form a team. That's what I'm there telling me to do. And after all, why would they tell me something that wasn't in my best interest? And I said, I, let's, let's just for the sake of conversation, um, what do you have to do to get to 100 units? And we talked a little bit about it. And it was mostly hiring staff. It was, guess what, forming a team in her mind. That's what she had to do. Well, the reality of it was is all she had to do is increase her active number of listings, and she could get there without having a big bunch of staff. But no one, of course, had told her that. Everyone was telling her to hire new agents. And so she knew because she was a very smart business person, which is, you know, let's be honest, unusual in the real estate world. But she knew ultimately that the reason that she was in business was to make a profit. You know, your product is profit. At the end of the day, agents, if you're not making a good, fat, double, triple digit, well, you can't make triple digit, but that'd be nice, profit in your real estate practice, well, you know, you're not going to be in business for long. And by that, I mean you're making 75, 85%. When you get a, you know, a dollar in commission, you're keeping 75 to 85% of that, and the rest is going to your brokerage expenses if your brokerage expenses are that high and your, um, you know, whatever business costs you have. But these agents and agents in general and brokerages in general who have normalized the idea that you make such crappy margins, most brokers make less than 3%. Most brokers nowadays are even making less than 2%. And, they, and these brokers get together and they all, you know, how much are you making? Less than 2%. And they all, you know, they all say, well, that must be normal. I guess we're good making less than 2%. No, guys, it's not normal. That's really a crappy business. Okay, well, you know Tim, that let me clarify that just for our listeners. He's not talking about making 2% of the commission, right? Don't think about it that way. Tim's no. talking about 2% net profit after everything, real profit. Right. Okay, so we're not talking about dollars. You make a dollar, you keep we're two cents. About, yes, right. yes. That's, a I broker, sure you make a dollar. You make a dollar, you keep 2%, and that's basically the two, per, the two cents that you pay yourself off the dollar that was made. 
That's how most brokerages operate. But here's the simple fact is that most teams operate in less than 10% margin, and with these bigger teams, they're operating on less than a 6 or a 5% margin, which means they make a dollar, they keep 5 or $0.06, cents, and from that they pay their own personal lifestyle and taxes and the rest of it. And most of the country where you have, you know, really realistically between state and federal taxes, most people are going to be paying 30 maybe 35% in taxes between the two taxes, you know, state, if you have a state tax. You're not making any profit. You're not saving any money. And so this was a great conversation I had with her because she had also uh, had a, a recent conversation with another, uh, if I remember correctly, coaching company, and she also had another conversation with an agent in her office that was forming her team. And the team conversation, that gal in her office that was, she was talking to about, you know, this gal was adding staff members, the conversation was, the result of the conversation was, uh, that lady was making less money net profit than I was, even though she was selling twice the units. And then we went back to the, why were you pressured to sell or putting pressure on yourself to sell 100 units? And her answer was, because the other agents in my office are, you know, with teams are selling 100 units, and I'm feeling pressure to form a team and sell 100 units, and da-da-da-da-da-da. You guys see how this is a tug-of-war between logical, smart thinking about making a profit in your business and stupid, egotistical thinking? Do you see how there's a tug-of-war going on? So this is what I pointed out to her. I said, in essence, when you're thinking about forming a team, in most cases, it's not a business decision if your business, if your idea of business is making a profit. Now, the facetious joke is if you're uh, running a nonprofit, we'll go for it. I mean, then it makes perfect sense. But for the most part, the most profitable real estate practices, and the only way we'll coach you guys individually, if you want us to coach you individually is if we are coaching you with the idea that you're going to make lots of profit, and with that profit, you're going to reinvest it where you're going to be rich. Richer is where your money works for you, and you no longer work for your money. Okay? So what I told her is what I'm going to share with all of you, and you guys have heard this if you've been long-term podcast listeners, but here's the bitter truth about why brokerages are pressuring agents to form teams. Listen to what, if I'm your coach, your coach, or if I'm your future coach, your future coach is telling you, Listen, please. It's because they then get you to recruit agents. In a brokerage, there is tremendous pressure to add more agents. In a brokerage, in most brokerages, they are in franchises in particular, they can lose their franchise and not have it renewed if they've not hurt hit specific agent growth goals. So the agent growth aspect is the leading edge of all thought in most you know, franchise brokerages. They want to brag about how many agents they have. That is what all these brokerages like to brag about. We have this many agents, this many agents, this many agents. Okay, fine. I get it. But here's where they have essentially co-opted what was best for you as an individual agent is that by putting the pressure on you to form a team, they have then, in essence, put you in a position to add more agents to your team, but also to the brokerage. So if they have a bunch of agents who are thinking that they're supposed to be forming teams, who then have to go out and start recruiting agents, because you know you're not supposed to recruit inside the office for your team, right? You know that, right? Right, of course. So that, why? Because they want you to go out and add people to the brokerage counts, thus making it so that they can hit their specific numbers. This is how, in my opinion – Julie Nye's opinion, one of the many, many ways that the industry essentially has pimped out agents, really. I mean, you have given away what your own, what's in your own best interest for the sake of these other things, but no one ever tells you this. 
and and it goes it even it's even it's even dirtier than that because if you start looking at for example the uh all these technology companies and and this is something else we talked about too not with this gal but I had this conversation with somebody else like they went to a coaching event and it was this big you know blah blah motivational jump around act like tony robbins type situation and it was a real estate coach, and then the and the and the event was sponsored by Zillow, and this event other sponsor was Bank of America. And then it's like if you look at what Zillow is doing to the industry, if you look at what Zillow is saying they're going to do to the real estate industry, you look at all these, and then you're getting pressures to what buy a CRM, buy buyer leads, da 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 da. da. So all the information you're receiving there essentially has this tone of, well, why are you telling me this? Is it because your own best interest or it's what's the best interest of, my, of me? You see what I'm saying? And guys, listen, this is what you don't understand because 99% of you are new in the industry like 10 years or newer. It didn't used to be like this. It wasn't like this 10 years ago where essentially agents were just seen as cannon fodder. That's how essentially if you look at really what the output of all these – you know things that have arisen, arisen in the last 10 years, a vast majority of them really are not in the best interest of agents. Now, I'm going to say something, and I know it's going to piss off a lot of people, and I know it's going to cause a lot of people to be skeptics, and some people are going to stop listening and stop being podcast fans, and they won't buy our book, and I don't care because it's still the truth. The only brokerage I've seen that has actually not acting like that, who I 100 – and Julie and I thought crazy, just insane amounts about this – because we realize that there's a cost to us actually offering our opinion, but in our opinion, it's also a cost to us by not telling you guys what we actually think. Only one brokerage, and that's EXP Realty. Now, I know a whole bunch of you are going to have, like I said, skeptical thoughts, and really, if you, you can hang on to those skeptical thoughts all you want. But here's really where the rubber met the road for us and the reason that when agents now ask us who they suggest – or who we suggest they should go with, we, we always see EXP. Now, there are extreme examples, for example, where if you're selling in the upper high end and you know all those types of things, maybe that's a different conversation. But because EXP is the only company that we've seen who actually doesn't just give lip service to being essentially in the agent business, but is actually doing it, who's actually uh, putting revenue share and stock and all kinds of agent support and just the whole business – you know, agents become owners in the company. The whole business is predicated on what's best for agents. And the deeper down that rabbit hole, we've, we've, we, as you guys know, we've been doing some EXP interviews, and you know, we've gone, to, we've you know, co-hosted an EXP a, a training event recently. When we, when we've gotten more into the hive of EXP, and the more we've learned, the more we really truly have seen what we've always hoped to find in a big brokerage with regards to what's best for agents. Not just saying what's best for agents, but actually building a system in place where agents can build amazing real estate businesses. But more importantly, guys, I mean not more importantly, but I'll say equally as important, is it creates a financial pathway for financial independence going forward for agents. And there's no other brokerage that's doing that. And uh, listen, this what EXP is to the real estate industry is essentially what Tesla is to the car industry. It's what the iPhone was to the cell phone industry. And there's going to be other you know technologies like that that sort of just move the conversation. I mean, look at Tesla for example. Look at all the headwinds they had and the resistance they have. And now all the manufacturers are coming out with electric cars, whether you know it or not. By the end of this year, get this guys from car. I'm a car nerd, but by the end of this year. 
you're going to be able to get into a new Tesla, and you're going to be able to put uh, tell the Tesla where you want it to go. I want to go to you know X, you know I want to go to church. Okay, and you're going to put in the you just click on or you can tell it where you want to go. You guys getting what I'm saying? The thing is going to pull out of the garage. The thing is going to drive you there. You do not have to steer. You do not. It reads stop signs. It reads the lines in the road. It's constantly monitoring better than you what's going on around you as far as the car. It's going to get you there. It's going to drop you off in front of church. Then it's going to go park itself. And then when you're ready to come come out of church, you're going to pull out your iPhone. You're going to tell the thing to pick you up in front of the church. And it's going to be waiting there with the doors open. That is happening by the end of this year. I mean, that's crazy, right? When you start seeing things, when things like that start becoming normalized and other car manufacturers start copying it, think how quickly the old cars are going to feel like just what the hell is that? I mean, it's almost insane to think about how we're right in this sort of convergence uh, period for that type of technology, but there's other things that are like that as well. EXP is that for the real estate industry. And I mean that with 100% certainty. What they're doing is completely revolutionizing how you as an agent can uh, essentially interact with a broker. That doesn't really mean anything, does it? Well, let me be more specific. It creates a system for you to build long-term sustainable wealth that comes from things other than doing real estate transactions. That is in perfect alignment for what Julie and I have always tried to help you guys understand is the point of being in business where you can actually get to the point where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That's what they have done for the real estate industry, and that's really honestly – that's uh, we tried to resist. Julie and I honestly tried to resist aligning ourselves with any brokerages because it pisses people off. People expect us to be agnostic. But look, we've been doing coaching for so long. At this point, if we know something that – if we come across anything that we know is going to be a home run for you guys and we don't tell you, we're assholes. Full stop. If we come across something, even if it's not in our best interest, for example, and we have told you things like that before. We have told you sometimes, look, we don't want you as a coaching client if you're in this particular you know, financial situation. We have told you – you guys email us, Tim, should I get into you know, real estate full-time? You know, I've got a family of three, and I've got great health insurance. I've always wanted to be in real estate, and I'm you know, 38 years old. I feel like I haven't done anything with my life. And here's what I'll type back. You have three kids. You have good, a good-paying job. You have health insurance. You're providing familial security for your wife or your husband and your three kids. Don't be a jackass. This is not your opportunity to basically rock the boat and ruin your family's stability. Your primary focus is on your family. Your secondary focus is on basically doing all these other personal expression things. And if you want to do real estate, do it part-time. Everybody's shocked when we say that because everybody else is saying, oh, you got to get into real estate full-time. No. For most of you, some of you, no, that's not a smart move. Do it part-time. There's plenty of – no. Just by us saying get into real estate part-time, do you know how many people are in the industry really hate us for saying that? And here's what I've discovered, and Julie, you'll have to have my back on this. We've found that uh, part-time agents who have full-time jobs oftentimes are the best agents in the industry 
because they have financial stability from their full-time jobs and their health insurance. And mostly, the number one reason is, it's because they don't have time to waste when they're doing real estate. They might work it a day, like I've had coaching clients, or not coaching, well, premier coaching clients, they'll you know real, work real estate for a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and the other days they're working their normal job. And it works out great. They can take five, they, all the, they don't want to work with buyers, they build their listing inventory up, they double, triple their income, and the deal I, we always make is once you reach a certain level of earning from your real estate business that's consistent, then if you choose to leave your uh, primary job, you can. That's always how we basically structure it. But these are the types of things that we've never shied away from telling you because it's what's in the best interest of you, not in the best interest necessarily of you know really anybody else, but you, you and your family. That's who we're focused on. So look, this EXP thing is not what I wanted to talk about today, uh, it, it, but it's where all roads are leading to regard, with regards to a lot of the questions that I've been getting from agents about their financial situations. We get agents that are brand new in the business, seasoned agents, obviously, you know, agents that are have been in the business for longer than Julie and I have, which are always fun to talk with. And it's always fun to talk with someone who says, I remember when you and Julie sold 100 houses your first year back in the early 90s, and I, that motivated me. And it's like, wow, that's it's just awesome, these kind of attachments we've had with some of you that are decades long. You know, but all, here's where this all leads. This is where it all goes. Most, if not all, of the conversations I have with agents, there are, I get, frankly, a lot that are our personal clients that come to us that have significant net worth, but a vast majority of you do not have a mechanism in place to ever do anything other than make uh, for a nice lifestyle. You have and will never have any sort of financial security. You do, you, nobody is teaching you how to build wealth. Nobody is teaching you how to manage your money. Nobody is teaching you how to essentially how you really what your goal should be aside from, you know, obviously being of service to other people and becoming all the things we talk about normally. But what your goal as a real estate professional, as a business owner, should be to make enough profit you can reinvest that money and then that money as, it, as it's turning, you know, more profit, more rental properties and whatnot. That has been the go-to solution for all of you to build long term wealth. That's what Julie and I did. But I'm telling you right now, with what EXP is offering, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. I have had brand new agents. We've had just agents of, you know, the whole career spectrum who have joined, who we know have joined EXP. And we're seeing what they're able to do, not just in the real estate practices. They're selling more houses. They're being becoming more successful. Um, you know, just they're feeling like they're attached to something that's really huge, and that motivates them because they are. And then you then hear I get emails occasionally, or the podcast listeners, and they'll say thanks for introducing me to EXP, and I just got my first revenue share check for X, or you know I'm feeling like finally I've created I'm on the way of creating something that's going to have multiple sources of income. And guys, listen, I know some of you don't want this message. I know some of you don't like us talking like this. But I'm not going to back off, and neither is Julie. Otherwise, we are being we are being disingenuous to what our stated goal and our purpose is. This is how I honestly feel. Um, so look, I, <laughs> Julie, you got what you wanted. You got a long rant. <laughs> I know, but but here's the thing. I I can feel, I can sense some of their consternation. To your point, oh, they're talking about EXP again. Here's the thing. I truly believe that if you're feeling that way, you don't understand the model. And I appreciate that because for a long time, we kind of blew it off either. too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like yes. we have time to deal with that, really? Okay. <clears throat> and so finally, we had enough people that we know and respect saying, hey, 
you know, do you know about this? Are you involved in this? Uh, do you understand the model? And then you and I had the discussion, like you just said, you know, if we knew about this for agents and we didn't share it, you know, that's pretty far out of integrity for us. When we preach spokes in the wheel, multiple income sources, here's the fact. Agents will be distracted, and brokers for that matter, by things that are not to do with profit. It's all over your email, your text, your voicemail, everywhere you look. You will be distracted. But why not turn that distraction to another, another source of profitability? I think for me, the difference with eXp is that it's the only company that I see that is really focused on profit. Profit is your product. If it's not right now, I hope it becomes your product. But that's, that is the essence of it. Well, You're not well, distracted at, by endless you know, office meetings or things that you think you have to do or people telling you you better build a team or whatever the case may be. It is based on profit. Back to you. I just had to well, clarify a little no, bit. No, no, it's true. I mean, because you deal with the same kind of questions. And I know our book's about to come out. We're about to, we're going to find, you know, bazillions of new people that are going to discover the podcast and ask us the same series of questions. Guys, how should I choose a broker if you're a new agent? Or when is it time to switch brokerages? But I'll tell you the other iteration that you need to be paying attention to is when you're asking yourself, where the hell is my net worth? I've been in this business forever. And this is the real essence of really this question is the one all of you need to be asking. So, you know, most of you guys listening are in the business, been in the business for a while. You're somewhat occasionally successful if we're using the right, you know, framework here. But you don't have anything to show for it. You might even be the top producer in your office, in your market, but you've got nothing to show for it. You've got no rentals. You stop working. You stop transacting. You're out of the business. In other words, you go broke instantaneously. True or false? So then you got to peel the – and this is what we do sometimes when I'm talking with some of you guys, or we do this every day on our podcast. Where would your money go? Well, okay, where would your money go? We can use all sort of like smart-ass things and saying you spend it on this, you spend it on that. But I'll tell you where most of you spend a lot of your money, taxes. You're spending probably most of you a 30% in taxes. Most of you are – and you have no choice, pay your taxes. Next, most of you are spending way too much at your brokerage. You're, you're spending more money – uh, with your brokerage than you even know. And when I do the math for you on these uh, on these you know calls we do or on the podcast, I have, I would suggest that most of you are spending at least 25 to 30 percent between your splits, between your cap, they call it a million different things, your royalty fee, your transaction fee, your da, 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 it's 25 to 30 percent. Oh no way, Harris, I'm in a 95.5. I'll no, I bet you're not. If you add up all your actual expenses and you do the math, you're going to find – like I had somebody – the exact – oh, no, hold on, Tim. I'm going to – you know, I, I pay um, – you know, I'm not – well, I forget what it was. It was a, a Remax agent, and they, and they were like a 99 – oh, no, no, the cap, or I don't remember the conversation. But then they said, well, I did the math, and, you know, I know EXP's cap 16. Well, the cap at this brokerage I'm with was 14. And I, I said, well, what about – What isn't there – aren't there any other fees, knowing that there were when I asked the question? Well, there's this royalty fee, or I, I forget what it's called. Okay, well, what's that? 6% of every transaction. <laughs> I said, what, you weren't going to put that into the mix? That wasn't relevant to how much money – so if you go and you write down what they're putting their money into, and it's in – you know, taxes you have to pay. There's a third of your income, many of you. Then you're going to look at what you're paying your broker. There's 25%, maybe 30%. Guys, right there, that's half. Okay, half of your money right there went to taxes, which you have a choice on, and then brokerage split, which you can control if you, you know, think about it and make a business decision. And then so many of you have gotten into this habit of uh, essentially buying your leads. 
And now you're down to essentially paying usually another 25%, which of course comes off the top, but just for the sake of the conversation. So when you earn a dollar, many of you are walking into essentially without knowing it, before your personal uh, expenses, your own lifestyle, and any other business expenses other than your referral fee for that particular transaction as an example, some of you are only making 25%. Some of you are making less than 10%, but no one's ever done the math with you. You don't know. This is what I'm talking about. This is the reason that we are, frankly, one of the main reasons that Julie and I are in the coaching business, because we want to say, we want to grab all of you by the collar, so we want to say, listen, how are you going to ever have any resemblance of financial security unless you are the one who's deciding how you're going to do it? Because nobody is going to do it for you. You think you're going to end up paying? You, you think taxes are going to go away? Good luck with that. Your broker needs the money to pay their overhead. I mean, so that's probably not going to change, so good luck with that. And then you start going through and looking at all these other things. Well, you can improve your skills and make it so you don't have to buy leads anymore. That's what our coaching is all about. So you can get rid of all the buying lead fees that some of you just have normalized. Well, that's something you can have a positive control on. So if you can positively control where you spend your money on your business, and then you can also positively control what you're paying your broker, and then you could start making additional money from the transactions you're already doing. EXP essentially pays you up to four different ways for every deal you earn. The old conversation is what are you paying your broker? The new conversation is what is your broker paying you? You guys understand what I'm saying here? This is the reason why the conversation has moved. This is, the, this is frankly the way forward for virtually all of you. Um, Julie and I have to get to other calls. <laughs> she wanted me to go on a rant, and I did. She did ask me. You guys heard it at the top of the show. I just had three or four um, calls that was leading up to today's show, and my mind was in that gear. So, um, look, if you guys want to talk about EXP, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to email me. Email me or text me. My cell phone number is 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. Just text me. Nothing fancy, just text me straight up. Say you want to talk about EXP, or you can email me too, of course, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.